As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Well, I want to start today by just showing some objects, some things that have special meaning to me. I want to start with this um, watch. It's actually a Longines watch. It's very old, and it was given to my father, um, and, and he received this gold watch. It has an inscription with his name, James C. Zappi, on it from Lincoln Electric Company after 25 years of service. And what he did there was he worked there for over 40 years. Nobody works anywhere for 40 years anymore, right? And, and so this is a reminder to me of he started um, at Lincoln Electric and literally he was sweeping up the floors in the draftsman room and then he went to night school and he did all this and he wound up leading the engineers there. And, and so it's a reminder to me of his faithfulness and his perseverance and it's just a really special object of how he provided for our family. Next, I've got um, this lighthouse. And so this lighthouse, I have it in my office, and Jody actually gave this to me, and she gave it to me when I graduated from seminary. And so she gave it to me because she said that um, as I was leaving the business world after seven or eight years, and I was going into full-time vocational ministry, and I graduated from seminary, and she said, you're going to be a light for others to receive the gospel. Isn't that cool? So she had a vision and she said, you know, God's calling you into a new place. And so I was so touched by it that I actually asked her, I said, like, where did you get it? And so I wound up getting um, a few more and um, I gave them to people who had been lights and lighthouses to me so that the, I could become and do what I was doing. I gave one to uh, one of the guys who led me to Christ and another who was instrumental in ministry. So we all have some lighthouses, don't we? And it's good to remember the lighthouses that God is calling you. And then lastly, good stuff. I feel like we're a little sleepy. I mean, are we a little sleepy? We woke up and we've lost an hour. We've lost it, but it's, it's gaining back. Um, do not sleep now. Um, but, but this, you're going to love this. So you can hardly wait to see it. And I got some family members over here who know exactly what this is. And so this is a plate, a very special plate. It has Snoopy on it. Can you see that? And Snoopy's asleep, and I made this and drew Snoopy because I, I wanted to be a cartoonist, and that just didn't work out for me, as you can see. But that's pretty good, isn't it? And, um, and so we actually, we give this, um, it says in the back, you know, we went to one of these places, they were, um, you know, the pottery places where you paint the thing. And we used to take the kids there when they were young. And so this one, I did this a long time ago. It's got the date on here, back in early 2000. And, and on the back of it, it says, I put this on here, only for birthday use. <laughs> this is only brought out on birthdays. This is no regular, this is only birthdays. And what happens in the Zappia home, if you're a Zappia, the first piece of cake after singing, happy birthday, then you get served the piece of cake with this on it. You know why? Because don't you see, it says you're special. That's what you are. Just a special person. And so um, I, my son-in-law is here, and Josh, I won't ask you to stand, but the first time you, we sang to you and you ate off this plate, it was just a sentimental moment for me, and I just really appreciate that. <laughs> Sons-in-laws aren't really into this thing, but I'm telling you, the daughters, you know what I mean? And you laugh right now, but I'm telling you, when I'm gone, they're going to be fighting over this stinking plate. They're going to be like, oh, 
most memories of dad. But, but in all seriousness, these are just a few of the many reminders that I have of things of special significance. So why are these important? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about. Hey, go ahead and grab your Limitless Guide and turn to page 26. If you're visiting with us, we're in a series from the book of Joshua, and we've been walking through the book of Joshua. You could open up to Joshua chapter 4, and we've been talking about the series is Faith Without Borders. And what we're doing is we're walking through the book of Joshua to examine our faith, and we're sharing seven characteristics of a growing and maturing faith. And today, the title of the message is United Faith. And I want to talk with you about memorial stones that's represented behind me, the memorial stones that unite us together, the memorial stones that you have, that I have, that we have, the things that are, serve as reminders of who God is and what God's done. And so I've got five reasons why we need memorial stones. And you may be thinking to yourself, I'm not sure if I have any. Well, listen, by the end of this message, you're going to have some. You hearing me? I want you to reflect, I want you to remember, I want you to nail down what are the memorial stones that God has done in my life. And I'm gonna tell you why it's of critical importance. I'm gonna do my best, I'm gonna use all my skills, I'm gonna ask the Spirit of the Lord to move that you would walk out of here with some remembrances of who God is and, and what he's done. I'm gonna tell you why in a minute. Look with me at the beginning, it says on page 26, I'll start, it says, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan. And remember, the context, they're passing over the Jordan River. We looked at that in Joshua chapter 3 last time. And so there's two or three million people, the Israelites, and, and they, were, they were passed through the Jordan. And the Lord said to Joshua, after they got through, he said, take 12 men from the priest, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, take 12 stones, that's why we got these here, and put it, take them out of the midst of the Jordan from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you're lodging tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to him, pass on before the ark of the Lord in the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, hey, what do these stones mean? Then you should tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan. And, and the waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Remember, this is what God used as the, the, he parted the sea and they crossed over. Look at verse 8. And the people of Israel, they did exactly as Joshua commanded and took up the 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel. Just as the Lord said, they carried them over to the place where they lodged. They laid them down. And then it says next, and Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there to this day. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the many memories the many memorial stones that, that each of us have. And as we take a service to reflect on what you have done, may it propel us into what you will do. May it strengthen our faith and our belief as we are united in who you are and what you've done and what you will continue to do. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. 
Okay, here's five reasons. I'm going to give them to you. We're going to jump right in. The first reason why we need things like this to help us remember, well, it's because we want to remember the crisis. And so we're not going to do a deep dive in the whole of this passage. It's a lot of verses, this chapter four, but we're going to take a look at several important things. And one of them, to paint the context, you got it already, the people are on the other side. But to get to the other side, they stood in the midst and the people had been wandering for 40 years. What should have took four months took 40 years because of their lack of faith, their disobedience. And now they were stepping in. They were at the edge of the river and all of a sudden God did the miracle. But put yourself where we were last week. And they're standing there. And the text says, details matter. In in the text, it says in Joshua chapter three that it was harvest time. And that's an important detail because that tells us that the water was at its highest and it was overflowing. Some would say that it was about a mile wide. Others would say that it was 17 feet deep. So put yourself on the edge saying, how am I going to get across this thing? We know now how it happened. They didn't then. They were on the edge. And so that was the crisis. The crisis for them was, what are we going to do? How are we going to get to the other side? What's the crisis for us? I would suggest to you that the crisis is anything, any barrier or obstacle that prevents you from experiencing the fullness of God. Boom, there it is. Any barrier, any obstacle, which you think is too great, which I can't get to the other side. I can't get that done. Man, I got a pass and it's so ridden with all these failures and these things. No, hold on. It's an obstacle. And your past is an obstacle. Maybe you have an intellectual roadblock that's an obstacle. Maybe there's a physical obstacle or even a spiritual one. It's anything, and I say anything, that prevents you from experiencing the fullness of what God wants and desires for you in this life. That's the crisis. And for some of us, it it was an addictive behavior. For others of us, it was a failed business. For some of us, it was a failed, what could have been a failed marriage until God came through. And so it's the past, it's the thing, it's the thing you're looking at and you're saying, I I can't do this. And can I just say that when you say, I can't, you're in a good spot? Oh, I gotta wake this crowd up. What am I gonna do here? Can I just say, I mean, it's my fourth time through and I'm getting some energy now and you better respond. I'm telling you right now. Can I say that we have barriers that God wants to break through. And he's the one that will do it. And so we got these barriers. And so the reason we need these rocks is to go back. And for some of us, it's been a long time ago. And and you remember where you were. And can I remind you what God did? And, 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 And we can't afford to forget How many people have seen this um, movie? It's a very factual movie. It's a great movie, Jesus Revolution. Who's seen it, anybody? It's it's, um, good stuff, man, it really is. And um, it's a movie, uh, Jody and I just saw it recently, and uh, I've studied this. It's a movie that, and it's very historically accurate. It's a movie that depicts probably what some would say is the greatest awakening, spiritual revival in the United States. It was the Jesus movement in the 1970s. And so the Jesus people, they were all these hippies and they all got saved and, and they, they, they started infiltrating and God grew all kinds of ministries and movements. Calvary Chapel movement came out of this, which is amazing. Um, 
the vineyard movement came out of this. I mean, we've been influenced, you don't realize it, but our church has been influenced by that, that movement that in the 70s, all these thousands and hundreds and all these hippies got saved. Some of you know who you were. I know you know. Yeah, I, I knew there was a few of them in here, I'm telling you. And, and that was the biggest shout over here. I got one of them locked in eyes. And, 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 but seriously, though, it, it impacted. And so there's this guy named Lonnie Frisbee. And so it was out west, and they all migrated out west, and they were in search of something. And they were in search of what? They were in search of freedom. They were in search of love. And, and so in the movie, Lonnie Frisbee just says, well, they're all looking in the wrong places for this freedom and love. And so he meets with this pastor, this Lonnie Frisbee, and I'm so glad that they kept him in the story because a lot of places leave him out. And he was a great evangelist. And so he's really responsible as the catalyst. So he meets with this pastor, Chuck Smith. Chuck Smith is a pastor of a dying church. There's just nobody there. It's an old church. They don't have life. And, and, and he meets with Lonnie. It's an interesting thing about how his daughter gets him to meet with this hippie. He's like, I don't want to meet with a hippie. And this hippie shows up. And, and he starts telling me, he plants the seed. And he said, what if they're in search of something? And, and they have barriers to getting there. And the barriers are sex and, and drugs and, and alcohol and and those are the things that are preventing them. They're actually in search for the peace and, and the love and, and, and the freedom. They, they just, they're just barriers that they can't get through. And, and so it's told through the eyes of Greg Laurie, who he was a young kid at this time. And it's just amazing what God's done in his life. And Jody and I have had the privilege of meeting him and his wife, Kathy. It's about their relationship. And, and how God uses that. And he gets saved in the midst of this movement. Lonnie Frisbee shares the gospel with him. And, and you know, the church moves and the Calvary Chapel movement begins. And he's now pastor at Riverside, California. And still there after so long. I mean, just God used him. And so after the movie, I'm walking out with my wife and I'm just like, hey, you know what? Oh, you know, we know him. Why, why don't we just, you know, and I, I have a couple pictures. I'm like, I'm going to send out these pictures. So let me show you this picture. I was I'm, like, this is, this is actually... Um, Greg Laurie, and Jody and I, when we were in New York City with him and a few other couples, and, and he, um, this is after he sang happy birthday to my wife. It was in December. It was hilarious. And then he, he crosses this line, and he goes up, this kind of guy is, and he, um, he's t he, he crosses over, and he joins this nativity scene. Isn't that funny? And so I'm taking these pictures of him, you know? And so, so I got this idea. I'm like, what if I post these, you know, and just tag him right after the movie? You think that would be a good idea, hon? That's not a good idea, Ron. I think that'd be a great idea, hon. That's a really dumb idea, Ron. Sometimes it's good to listen to our wives. Can I just move on? Yes, it is. But listen, all joking aside, this story is about this movie is written from this book. This is a memorial stone of Greg Laurie. This is the time when he was in the midst of the crisis and he was on drugs and he was doing things that he ought not to do and got part of the sea. And he got to the other side. And so we want to remember the crisis that God used to get us to the place where we now find ourselves forgiven in him. Amen? Amen. Second thing, why is it that we need memorial stones? And get the backswing thought of the message already. So if you got your pen and, and you, got your, you can get ahead now, if you want to be one of those people that work ahead, then, then just write down, start thinking about the memorial stones in your own life and how God has moved, because I'm going to challenge you to do that at the end. And so the second one is that you can retell the story. And so 
It's interesting that if we grab another detail in the text, what's the first thing that Joshua does and tells him to do after they put this thing together in verse five and six? He says, tell it to your kids. Like that's why we're building this little thing is that so your kids will know. So he's saying the next generation, it's important that they won't forget. And for all those joining us online, just that they, you won't forget what God's done and, and, and who he is and what he's accomplished. And so what is it? Well, it's this opportunity for me to retell the story of what God did. So we're going to look at this rock, and it's going to be the physical reminder. I'm going to look at this thing, and it's going to remind me of the provision that God gave me in a father who sacrificed so much. It's a reminder. When I wear that watch, it's, it's a reminder. And so it's an opportunity to retell the story of what God has done, what God has accomplished. So let me ask you this. Let's slow down. What happens if we don't tell? What happens if, if we, just, we just, you know, we're silent? What, what happens if we step back? Have you ever thought about what the cost of forgetting what the Lord's done? I mean, what is the cost? Well, there's some consequences, man. Let's put them up on the board. The first one is this. It's generational ignorance. I mean, honestly, we have an illiterate group of people when it comes to the scripture. And I don't mean that in a mean way. Like we don't, we're not looking at the scriptures and believing what God has done. And so we've got to stand up and tell the stories to our kids of what God has done in the scriptures so that they understand. And so we have generational ignorance if we refuse to talk about the mile markers of the story of what God's done in your life and how he saved you from that. And you're embarrassed about your past, but God's forgiven you. You got to tell the story about what God's done and, and who he is. And, and look at 1 Corinthians 10. This should be like a scared straight verse. Now, these things took place as examples. They're talking about, Paul's writing about the things in the Old Testament that the Lord did and then what he had to do to penalize the people because they forgot. And he said, these things are examples for us that we might not desire evil like they did. This memorial stone prevents you from falling into the same trap. This memorial stone that you need to tell your kids about, that you need to tell other people about, that we in the church need to propagate and we need to, we need to, we need to share. It's so that other people won't fall in the hole that you did. Will it prevent it? No. Will it help? Yes. Because it, it, it's our way out. Second thing, what's the cost of forgetting? It's repeated failure. I, I mean, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Like if we don't have those times in our heart cemented, we can go back to the same folly that we were involved in. Third thing is this, absence of faith. And can you imagine for a moment, put yourself in the position, what if they, because the priests had to put their feet in first, remember the detail from the text last week? And so when the priests put their foot in, it parted. What, what if they didn't have the faith to do it? We walk by faith, not by sight. It didn't look like it. It didn't look like it was going to happen. I'm not sure if it is. I got to get my foot wet. Hey, hey, we walk by faith, not sight. And I'm sure there's a group of people here, and I know, I'm telling you, it's true that you have stepped forward by faith, and you've made a decision because the Bible said to do it, whether it was forgiving someone, whether it was changing a career, 
whether it was moving in a different direction, where it was sharing the gospel, where you walked by faith, not sight, and God blessed it. Man, I'm doing my best. I was just like, yes, that's true. Anybody? You walked by faith, not sight, and God blessed it. You don't get a second chance on that. Fourth thing is this, loss of intimate fellowship. And so God wants to have this relationship with you where he's guiding you in the steps that you need to take. And, and when we don't do it, it, it it's, it's what the scripture says. There's a way that seems right to a person, but in its end, it leads to death. And so what's the cost of forgetting this, this thing that God did? Well, it's, it's, next one is forfeited blessing. And so, again, imagine if they would have forfeited the blessing, they were possessing the promised land. And some of us, the cost of forgetting is that we're going to forfeit the future blessing that God wants. Notice this, another scared straight verse. Hey, you know some people who profess to know God, they say it right here. Oh, I know God. Yeah, God, God worked, but, but I don't know if I believe in all this. But they deny what he does. Anybody know anybody like that? And then look what it says. They're detestable, they're disobedient, and they're unfit for any good work. Boy, that's a very encouraging verse today, isn't it? You are detestable if you don't believe in this. You are unfit. You are disobedient if you don't believe what God has done. You see, sometimes we just say it and we gotta really believe it. And God will get you there if you're not. But man, he proves himself faithful, doesn't he? That's the beautiful thing. And so again, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get you to think about what your memorial stones are. Anybody got any yet? Do you have one? Come on, anybody in this section? Do you have a memorial stone yet? Got a, we got one person that raising their hand. That's good. Okay, we're going to do better than that. Believe me, I'm going to hammer this pretty hard by the end. You'll have three. I guarantee it. But isn't it true? We need these. Why else? Why do we need it? I feel now I got to be a salesman. I got to put my sales hat on. I got to convince you guys. Well, we need it because the next thing is this, that we need it because we got to reflect on the provision. And so these stones help us reflect on the provision of God. And so God provides, sometimes we don't even recognize it, and he provides things. And so this is an important detail. If you really counted up the times that it said, the Ark of the Covenant, in chapter four, this chapter, it's seven times. In chapter three, it's 10 times. I did it. 17 times in chapters three and four, it says the Ark of the Covenant. And that's because that's what was leading. So remember, they had to stay behind the Ark, and the Ark is a picture of the presence of God. And so the Ark was what they carried. It was a four and a half by two and a half by two and a half box. It had this stuff in it, and that was representative of God's presence. And so when it went in the water, it parted the sea. And so the ark is a picture of the presence of God, which leads to the provision of God. What is it for us? Well, let's just try to figure that out. I kind of said this last week, but, but let's emphasize it more. In the ark was a jar of manna. And didn't Jesus say that he's the bread of life? And he's the one we feed on. And so the ark is a foreshadowing, that jar of manna of who we would feed on Jesus himself. In the ark, there was a rod, and it was a priest's rod. It was Aaron's. 
And isn't it true that the New Testament tells us that Jesus is the great high priest? Amen? In the ark was the Ten Commandments. I believe that's a foreshadowing to the provision of God, the presence of God, that Jesus came not to abolish the Ten Commandments. He said, I come to fulfill the ark. The top of it was a mercy seat. And the mercy seat was used. This is an important detail. It was used for the, the sacrifices. And Hebrews says that without the shedding of blood, that there's no forgiveness of sin. And so they had to make sacrifices in the old sacrificial priestly system that when there was a sin, uh, that, that they had a, something had to die. And isn't it true that Jesus is our once and for all sacrifice? That, that's what the scripture says. And then there was these two gold-plated cherubim, and they, they were facing each other, the mercy seat. And, and I believe it's, it's kind of a picture. It reminds me of Jesus' empty grave, the sacrifice that forgave us of our sin, that he went to a cross to die a death he didn't deserve, and that there was two angels in the grave, the empty grave, one where his head lay and one where his feet were, and there's two angels in the empty grave to remind us and announce that, that there's, there's been provision for sin for all who believe that we'll be forgiven and we are children of God. Man, Jesus is our provision from God. We're called to follow him. He's the one that's leading. And so as I think about these rocks and stones of remembrance, I didn't just haphazardly pick a few. I actually um, went down to the sea and got these and carried these myself on my shoulder and brought these to you. I didn't really do that. I don't know where we got them. I'm hoping we didn't steal them, but, but let me tell you what they mean, because there's six of them. And so this first one, um, as I think about this first rock, uh, it's reminiscent to me of our first service. And our first service was at Glenbard South High School. And there's some here that were in that service. And, and what's cool is I think about all the people that, you know, not only ones that are here and so thankful for you to join the journey as Jody and I have had a front row seat with so many people of what God's done. But, but I think about the people that were here and went out to different places and were sent out or left for whatever reason and, and all the people that were influenced over the years. And so that first service was actually March 12th of 2000. Did you hear what I said? It's 23 years ago today. So this is a Sunday. We celebrate 23 years that what? That I opened up the scriptures and Matthew chapter 16 and Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I remember just, you know, I've seen, we've seen, we've had a front row seat to Jesus building his church. All that he's done in the last 23 years, this second rock, this is a rock where I'm telling you, it, it's crazy because we started planting churches in years number two, years number three, years number four. We sent a group of people out south. We sent a group out, out east. We sent a people, a group out west. I mean, it was just crazy, and we weren't ready to plant a church, but we planted churches anyways, and that led to us being involved in a movement of church planting, and so we've planted over, we've influenced and planted over 200 churches in the last 20 years. Can we praise the Lord? I mean, it's, a, it's an unbelievable thing, and now I've got um, Bob Carlton, who leads our High Point Sound. I've asked him to, Bob, if you could stand, please, and, and Bob Carlton is like this rock, and he, God brought him to us, and, and he leads High Point Sen. 
And, and he's helping us to plant more churches. And so Bob and I were talking even this week, and, and there's been 10 churches that we planted last year across the globe. Isn't that cool? And, and next, we've got 30 churches on deck in, in different places, in five, six different hubs across the globe. And, and this is a rack that who would have believed what God has done? Let's praise him for his goodness and his faithfulness. And then this rock. So is it okay if I go through memory lane here? I don't care what you say. It's 23 years. I'll do what I want. And, and this one here is, is this is, um, that's why I love this service. I got more time. Um, this service, yeah, somebody said, oh boy, you're nervous. I think it was my wife. Um, this, this rock right here, it, this one is, um, this is really cool because it, it, it's about this building. And so I've told this story before. I'm not going to bore you with the details. But I mean, here's a building, 100,000 square feet of space that God provided, and who would have believed it? You know, we had to rub two pennies together to see God bless and this dilapidated building and, and all that God's done. And, 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 and it's a reminder to me of I didn't see four other buildings. And so do you realize right now that we have four other church buildings and that we've got 250,000 square feet of space? that's used for ministry from all the way down to Monmouth and Wheaton. And he, I mean, it's incredible. And so I've asked Joe Nelson, he's sitting here, Joe, if you'd stand up, Joe's responsible for a 250,000 square feet of space. What are you doing in here? Why aren't you taking care of some stuff? And I'm just kidding, but he and Alex and some of you know Pastor Alex, and we've got a great team that, that, that he's senior leader for, for us, for doing what? For operations and, and helping us to shine the light of the gospel and to be places for, for, for all these spaces that God has entrusted to us. And, and next, I've got three more. And, and this one is really special because um, it really, it's a reminder to me of, of that back in 2015, for those of you who are here, we made a decision that we weren't going to blow this out and make this space bigger. And instead of having people come to us, I want you to understand this, especially in this season. Instead of having more people come here, we said, let's go out to the community. Do you understand what that decision was? It's, we're not going to build a bigger thing and fill this to the brim. We're going to send others out. And so right now, as you look around here, there's, there's five other places. Do we understand this? That we've sent people out to. And so this rock is a representation of the churches that we revitalized. North Aurora. I mean, some of our friends, they're not here anymore. Where are they? They're in North Aurora. They're doing two services now. Praise the Lord for what he's doing out there. How about, how about more recent in Hinsdale? We sent a group of people out to Hinsdale because we believe in spreading the gospel. It isn't all about right here. And we've sent some of our best people to plant a church and God is doing some awesome things. I think back. And I just came. Many of you know I come from Wheaton. And I come over from the Protestant Vatican. Are you hearing me? That's where I just came from. And there's you know, all kinds of churches in Wheaton. But, but First Baptist is a church that merged with us four years ago. And, and it's a great ministry space. And we do two services there. And some of you people, you, you just, you know, you, 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 their service is at a different time. And you go there. Then you come here. Would you just stop it and pick a place, please? But, but, but seriously, I'm passing you on the way here. But, but this is a reminder that, that, that 
that God has done some things. And, and you already saw the video. I mean, we got a, we got a location in a prison, man. Like, who would have ever, I would have never dreamed of this. And then lastly, um, this, well, two more rocks. This is about the care center. I don't want to skip over it. This one needs to be a bigger boulder because God's doing some things. And, and so in each of these communities, we want to care for the people. And, and, and High Point does care. We want to meet the needs of the people in the community. Some are sitting here as a result of, of us caring for you. And you've found the Lord, or shall I say the Lord's found you. And, and you're worshiping him as a result. So a lot of great news coming with here. I'm excited to announce some things in the weeks ahead. And lastly, I'm going to let Pastor Al Guerra speak about this one. So many of you know right now, actually, they started a service a little bit ago. That's why Craig's not here, right? Craig's up there. Craig's preaching in um, High Point Espanol. So we've got a, a, a church service uh, you know, we've, we want different ethnic groups and different opportunities. And so Pastor Al Guerra um, is with us and he's actually in Florida. That's why Pastor Craig's up there preaching now. Uh, it's tragic. He lost his brother, his older brother, in a car accident um, a couple days ago. And so he's there now and sharing the gospel. So please pray for him. But he wanted to uh, encourage us about what God is doing right here. So take a look at what he recorded at O'Hare Airport before he flew out. Hi, this is Al Guerra from High Point Espanol, taking the opportunity to congratulate Pastor Ron Satya and High Point for 23 faithful years of ministry. We are thankful in the Hispanic side of High Point that we are able to partner with High Point, with the pastors at High Point, and project a cultural, relevant on-ramp to the mission the vision and the ministries of High Point. And we are thankful for what God is doing in High Point Espanol. We had uh, last month, for example, we had 200 people, average attendance. Uh, just uh, in the men's conference, we had five men's baptisms. And last week, we had 36 decisions for Christ. We are thankful for what God is doing. Romeoville, the site in Romeoville is growing. Naperville is pushing along. And we are thankful to partner with High Point in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God bless you. And may God continue to bless High Point. So don't miss it. I, I'm asking you to think about not the stone's of our church, but these should be helpful reminders that just as God moved for us, he wants to move for you. And so I want you to think about three particular stones, and I want you to write down some memorial stones that you've experienced, that that's where we're headed. And, and then maybe you would think of a fourth one, and that you would think about a time at High Point Church, maybe it was a baptism, Maybe it was a dedication that, that God moved and it was a high point for you, no pun intended, here at High Point, and it encouraged you to move forward in your faith. Two more reasons. Why do we need to do this? Well, because they help us renew our commitment. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm being, it renews what you want to see God do. And so if you look at the chapter, what's interesting, again, we're not doing a deep dive, but look at verse 13 on page 27. It says about 40,000 were ready for war. 
So I said it already, but two or three million people are, tra- they got 40,000, they're ready to work. What, what do you mean? Well, they, they were going to possess the land. And so this crossing over renewed their commitment. These soldiers were going to step into the blessing that God wanted. We're going to look at it next week at, uh, in Joshua chapter 6. And you're going to see, we're going to talk about how they had to take Jericho. And so God did it. But it doesn't mean just because God's worked in the past doesn't mean you're on easy street for the future. Let me say that again. Just because God worked in the past doesn't mean you're on easy street. We're not supposed to just sit in the glory days. Don't you hate when you're here talking to somebody and all they do is living in the glory days of the past? Man, God wants to do some stuff now. And so they had some responsibility to step forward. And aren't we in a war against our culture to step forward for the gospel of Christ? We've got to step forward. And he wants to take ground first in your heart and, and then in your family and, and, and even in your community and even here in our church that, that we can take more ground for the gospel. And we're compared so many times to soldiers who are in a fight and we're called to persevere. And so let's land on a definition. I want to help you. I, I really do. I, I want to help you understand what a memorial stone is. And so we're getting to this point of the message that that let's get a definition on the board. It's a spiritual reminder of the supernatural working of God to help us remember and share with the next generation what God's done and what he wants to continue to do. That's what I'm asking. That's what a memorial stone is. So you say, well, could you, could, you just, could you fill that in a little bit more? Can you help me? Because I'm having trouble coming up with a few. Well, yes, I can. I'm so glad you asked. That, that, that this is some modern day memorial stones. So hang with me here. I want to jar your memory. First, it's when a certain subject comes up. Jody and I, we just got done doing a marriage conference. We were in Goshen, Indiana. And um, it's, it's, um, we were there Friday night and yesterday all day. We got back late. And, and, and we talked, uh, we had a marriage conference. We do these all over the place. We got one coming up in Atlanta on Friday. And, and so, so when, you, when the subject of marriage comes up, don't bring it up to Jody in the lobby. Just don't do it. Because then she'll be like, well, our marriage, man, it was in the toilet. And oh, do you know Ron? And you're like, oh, yeah, I do. Well, you know, he messed up. No, I'm kidding. And she'll say, well, I was doing some things. He was doing some things he shouldn't have been doing. And I wasn't doing some things I couldn't. And marriage is a memorial stone for us that the gospel came in. And God saved not only us, but our marriage. And, and, And so it's a memorial stone. When that subject comes up, man, it's like setting the ball on the tee for us to tell you how Jesus can make an impact in your marriage as you put him in the center, amen? Amen. So don't ask us about that or you'll get that. And it's a lot nicer coming from me. She'll go after you, man. Um, Secondly, when it's a certain time of year, isn't it true? Give me some feedback here. When it's a you know, certain season and you think, man, you know, what, what it was, what, it was the fall or the winter and God did that. And, and you can think about some things. And, and how about this one? Just trying to help jar your memory. Maybe it's a certain person. And the truth is, I could get emotional about this because I can look at the eyes of some of the kids in our church that are now, I call them kids and, you know, they're adults now. And, and, and some of these kids, I remember when they were going through an illness or where their parents were praying for them because they had a heart condition and they weren't going to make it. And now I see these kids and I see, I'm just like, man, you're a walking miracle. That's what you are. 
And so some of us have some children or some people in our lives that, that God's used for major spiritual momentum. And fourth, how about when you're in a certain place? I mean, I can't drive by Glenbard South High School without just giving a little chuckle. I used to drive my Jeep up there on the curb and just park it out there. And, and, and I mean, just have so many memories that, that, that that's where it started. That's where God worked. And and for some of you, it's a place that you go back to. It might be a church. It might be a building. How about the fifth one? Helpful? When you see a certain object. And, and so, you know, you're, you're laughing at my tchotchkes here. I mean, I, I wasn't getting a lot of it. But, but this is, these are meaningful things. I mean, this is extremely important to me. And, and these are the things that remind us of, of what God's done. And, 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 and maybe you hear a certain song. And isn't it true that music just just enables us to get to a certain place. So, so these are some modern day memorial stones that, 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 that help us remember. So we're gonna do this um, in a moment. We're, we've got, um, at, the, at the close of the service, we're gonna do my favorite song. Um, it's I Will Follow You. And it's actually, um, uh, Algera's son wrote it. And it's a song about following Christ. And we're gonna do this song at the close of the service. And, and so um, the worship team's gonna come up in a moment don't do it now, but in a moment. I don't, Todd's not getting up at all. He's leading us. Just sit for a little bit more. And, and aren't we thankful for Todd? Todd, let's get up, please, and get over to it, because you're leading. Let's thank the Lord for Todd. And um, he's going to come up in a moment. But I, I want to point out, um, actually, I really do to our service here. You know, our worship team, we're so thankful. Todd is, is our creative pastor here. And he's overseeing the whole of our worship ministry. It's really important to us. And I'm just so grateful for what he's doing and the leadership he's providing in this next season. So we're really, really grateful to him. But he's going to sing a song. And, and it's, it's a special song to me because it's about following in the good and the bad. It's about following in the trial and in the storm. And, and isn't it true that these memorial stones help us to do that? And so we've got these two baskets at each side of, of the um, worship center. And so during the end song, you can just go ahead and respond and you can, I want you to grab one of these. There's three different kinds of stones. There's one that says, remember. There's another one that says, believe. Okay, it's an hour behind for me too, all right? I forgot. It, it's remember and it's believe. And then there's, there's a couple lucky tickets in there. Out of 2,500 stones, there's only 92 of them that say courage. So if you find courage, you are a lucky person. And don't be the person up here doing this. Just take whatever is there. And, and uh, I'm kidding around, but oh, here's one, courage, awesome. <laughs> but, but seriously, I want you to grab a stone and take it back to your seat. And the reason we're doing this is because I want you to think of the three things. The, the three things that, man, God, and then, and then I asked you for a, a fourth one. And, and when you go back to your seat and you, you clutch that in your hand, just think about how the Lord has used this ministry. And again, maybe it was a decision you made. Maybe it was something that happened, but over the last 23 years, maybe you're new with us. But how's the Lord used this church? to encourage you to keep going through the midst of the storm, through the midst of the battle. And then we're gonna sing an anthem that we wanna follow Christ. And these stones, they, they help us to do it. So let's stand to our feet. I'm gonna ask you to respond in a moment. I'll ask the worship team to come forward. The last reason is this. 
because these stones help us to rejoice with reverence. And so the last verse on, on page 27, in verse 24, it says, so that all the people of the earth may know, that's what these stones do, that, that the Lord is mighty, amen? That we know that he's mighty and that you will fear the Lord your God forever. That's what these stones represent. That's what you're holding in the palm of your hand, that this is a reminder of the reverence that we have for Almighty God that we can sing and rejoice at his goodness and his grace. And so let me point out one small detail that sometimes gets overlooked. I did it um, the first probably, I don't know, four, five, six times that I read through this um, chapter. And, and if, you, if you really pay attention to the details, you'll see that there's actually two piles of stones. So there's not just 12 stones, there's 24 stones. And, and so I want to show you the verses. Look with me at verse 8, because this is the one that we see. It's the one that's out of the midst of the Jordan. And so, so this is what Joshua, he commanded him, hey, take 12 stones out of the Jordan and make this pile for everyone to see. And then, and I think that represents the freedom that we have, that we can all see the freedom we have in Christ and what he's done and the new life we have in him. But we wouldn't have the new life if we didn't have the old life, amen? And the old life that God saved us from. And, and, and so look at verse nine, because what Joshua did, and again, I don't want to push the text too far, but we got two sets of stones. Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, where, where the feet were. And so he put 12 stones in the river, and, and it overflowed, and there was 12 stones out. And could it be that this is what we see, the new life in him, that, that this is the pile that only God sees, our path, and our crisis? and those decisions and those things. And, and so we've got two piles, one that's covered through the water of baptism, our old life, to give us the new life in him. And so as we remember what God's done, let us reflect on the new life we have in Christ as we believe. Let's believe in the things that he's gonna do as, as we have courage. Let, let's take the steps of faith to following him. Father, I pray for your people to respond, for them to remember your goodness and grace, the provision we have in Christ, and for us to reflect as we choose to follow you in the good and the bad, in the peak seasons and in the, in the highs and the lows, in the, in the mountaintops and the valleys, through the midst of the storm, you deliver us. May this be an anthem as we respond. I pray in Jesus' name.